to see you. What happened? The last I heard you were living with your daughter. Oh, we came to a mutual decision that it was best for me to go into assisted living. It really was the right decision. It's not so lonely as living with my family. It was a bit like a jail cell all day. They work, go to school. They have their own lives to live. I imagine they would come home someday and find I had kicked the bucket and it might have taken them a week to notice. Still, I don't complain. So, I'm living right over there. With my cane, I can come to the park and sit here on my favorite bench. Oh, we can meet here often. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. You're looking so well. You're my oldest friend. So many have passed on. Oh, we're at that age when it's going to happen. It's so serene here. I can just sit here, people watching. Much better than TV. <laughs> I do love to watch little children playing, listening to the water splash in the fountain. How's your health? Oh, thank God, still functioning. I need the cane, as you see. You seem to manage well with your stroller. I am so grateful for my health insurance. It costs a fortune on top of Medicare. I don't care. No scrimping on health. Do you think it's safe here in the park? Oh, yes, I think it's safe here. Well, some strange characters here. I feel sorry for them, but they sometimes frighten me. Wouldn't hurt to have a few more cops. That's some government spending I support. That and Medicare. I don't know what I would do without that. Well, I do know. I would die for lack of care. My bills are in the thousands, crazy. Socialism, that's what it is. Socialism, it's the death of this country. It just doesn't work. Look how much we're spending on Medicare already. Ida, England, Israel, many other countries spend half as much and get better health outcomes. I never talk about religion or politics. It's sure to cause an argument. But I will say one thing. This used to be such a nice park. We've always felt safe and comfortable here. Look at those two over there. They're on that bench. Homeless riffraff. We do need more police. Better hold your purse closer, dear. Why don't they have more police protecting us? Why don't they provide a place for the homeless? Help them rebuild their lives? And who is going to pay for that? And who is going to pay for more police? Oh, at least we get something for our money, not squandering it on some Cadillac welfare queen. Have you ever seen one? An actual Cadillac welfare queen? Many times. When? Many times. But, dear, you know my rule. Do not talk about politics or religion. It is so good to see you. I guess we both have acquired a few more wrinkles. Did you spend a lot of time in the sun or those tanning beds? I never thought of myself as a sun-baked raisin. Well, we must face facts. Time will tell. Let's call them wisdom lines. 
That must be one of the advantages of being plump. The skin is stretched so tight there are fewer wrinkles. And who says obese people die young? You seem to be doing wonderfully well. Oh, thank you. So many memories of you are flooding back. You always said the things others wouldn't dare to even think. I do enjoy my life. Serenity is the key. I just don't let annoying people get under my skin. I do wish I could walk without this cane. There are times I just feel like getting up and running away. I wish I didn't need my stroller. Well, we must be grateful we can afford them. Plenty of people wish they could have them. God has blessed us. Makes you wonder why God didn't bless uh, people in poor countries. God works in mysterious ways. I was just pointing out that you're not satisfied to have the best of everything, but you compliment yourself by saying God selected you for special benefits and left others to rot. Now, dear, mustn't talk that way. With that kind of talk, it's no wonder your daughter gave you the old heave-ho. Or that your daughter wouldn't let you through the door at all. <laughs> Ouch! Pinch me. That wasn't much of a pinch, just like pinching a baby's cheek. I'm a bleeder. Are you trying to kill me? If I wanted to kill you, I wouldn't try. I'd do it. Here's another pinch, just to show you the first one was nothing. A pinch with a twist. Ah! Ouch! I told you I'm a bleeder. Murderer! She's trying to kill me. Help! Call the cops. Help! God, what a crazy nut job. Nut job? How'd you like my cane up the side of your head? Oh! That hurt, damn you. How'd you like my stroller on your toes? Ah, out! Stop it! My arthritis! Oh, you bitch! Stop it! Stop! Not so funny, is it? Don't scratch me. Rip my dress. Give me back my wig, damn you! Oh, God, look at those old biddies go at it. Video it. I'll call 911. Yes, yes, hello? We need help. Two old women fighting in World Peace Park. By the fountain. The one in white says the one in pink is trying to kill her. Send the cops. No, no, we won't get involved. Gee, why look they're good with her cane? Cops will be here fast. They're patrolling the park. Man, that stroller is a lethal weapon. <laughs> they must really hate each other. Maybe they're sisters. <laughs> I can't get up. It haunts me. Apologize. Uh, this is the police. Break it up. Come on, you two. Help me up, officer. She's trying to murder me. I didn't try to murder anyone. Barely touched her. So you admit you assaulted her? She started it. She did it twice. I could die. I'm a bleeder. She knocked me to the ground. Protect myself from her cane. Put your hands behind your back, madam. We need to cuff you. Me? How about Ida? I didn't do anything until she hit me with her cane. Madam, if you didn't do anything, you have nothing to worry about. Just get in the car. You can explain it to the judge. Why are you arresting me, picking on an old lady? Don't you have any real crooks to arrest? Can't you go and arrest a thief or a murderer? 
That is just what we were doing, madam. Officer, I've got the whole thing on video. We called 911. Great. Thanks for being a good citizen. What's your name and address so we can contact you? Our address is right here in World Peace Park. Oh, so you're homeless. You know, it's illegal to sleep in a park. Oh, we better not say any more. So, uh, what's your problem? Uh, drugs, alcohol, schizophrenia? Nope. Recession. We were laid off. <laughs> then we used up what savings we had. With the benefits, we can either pay for food or housing, not both. They gave us phones for emergencies and to help us get jobs. But no one's hiring. Officer, call me an ambulance, please. You're an ambulance. I already did, but they have several emergencies ahead of you. You see, th there have been big cutbacks in services due to tax cuts. But they, uh, they know right where to find you. I have to go back to the station with your uh, friend. Don't worry, lady. We'll stay with you until the ambulance gets here. No. Go away. Don't rob me. <laughs> we have no intention of robbing you. We we're just going to protect you. Let's go before we get into trouble trying to protect the nasty old bitch. Help! They're going to rob me. I know it. Help! <laughs> Normally, the Miami radio players would now discuss the color of this love for our podcast. Yes, love can even be found in this crazy relationship between two old friends. But this time, we'll all be sharing our memories of Pamela Salem, who played Gail. This was, sadly, her last performance. Pam passed away Wednesday, February 21st at her home in Surfside, Florida. Born in Bombay, now Mumbai, India, in 1944, Pam made her debut on the big screen with Sean Connery in The Great Train Robbery in 1978. She appeared with him again as Money Penny in the Bond film Never Say Never Again. Prior to her film career, Pam was always busy on British TV. Among the shows, Doctor Who, The EastEnders, and All Creatures Great and Small. Pam moved to L.A. in the 1990s, where she shined in television shows like Magnum P.I., E.R., The West Wing, and Party of Five. But film credits are but a small part of what made fans and friends adore her. She's remembered as a gentle soul and a beacon in an often dark world. And in recent years, while battling severe health issues and the death of her husband, Michael, in 2017, she still managed to bring light and love to so many here in South Florida. The Miami radio players owe so much to Pam for her unflagging and unselfish support of this talented collection of troopers. I was fortunate to be embraced by Miami radio players a little over a year ago. When I met Pam, it was to help her install a microphone in her computer so that we could all meet and record remotely from our homes. When she opened the door to me in Surfside, <laughs> I felt like I had been greeted by, by royalty. I could feel my knees buckle, but she quickly put me at ease. And it was, it was like we'd been friends forever. So now join some of Pam's Miami Radio Players um, mates as we share our remembrances. First, Ellen Walker, Miami Radio Players founder. God, this is hard. I started working with Pam immediately and her husband, and 
their insight and foresight and enthusiasm is what moved us forward as a group. And all of a sudden we were standing in Surfside performing in front of a live audience. And I felt like we were actually in the place that we were acting. And she and her husband have been right-hand people in going forward. And I am, I'm heartbroken, but I hold her in such high esteem. That's all I want to say. Here's Mitchell Berkman. When I met Ellen Walker at the SAG meeting about a voice artist, Pam was there as well. And I just couldn't believe how exciting it was to be amongst all these people. I knew nobody. I had just gotten into this. I had just paid my dues to join AFTRA. And I got real lucky that three months later, they merged with SAG. But what really was the luckiest thing was I go home after the first meeting and I thought, wow, if we're going to really take this seriously, there's going to be some dead times and there's going to be times when people won't be able to act and there won't be actors that won't be able to say stuff. So I'm going to write down a bunch of characters that could be male or female, that can be in a bunch of different situations with a bunch of different accents and a bunch of different languages and origins. And I put this together. I called it Lola's Hair Salon and I brought it to one of our rehearsals. That five minute nothing turned into a 25 minute production that the Miami radio players performed and that Pam and her late husband, Michael, were behind 100%. So much so that when I took my second thing that I wrote in college, it was a five page paper I had to do in a drama class and turned it into a 30 minute audio short called Footprints. Pam, after listening to it said, the reason why you came to the realization that you felt confident about growing older and up without your mother, it was because you believed that your mother trusted you so much that that's why she was happy to let you go up on your own. And I never was bitter as the son. And I looked at Pam and I said, yes, I didn't know that was why I wrote this, but that is why is because I believe that my mother truly felt that she was doing me a favor and that I was grateful for her trusting me. And at 18 years old, was cool with her leaving and moving on with her life. And of course, the audio short of Footprints is a comic version of what happened. But none of this could have happened without Ellen making this something important for us to do as voice actors. And that Pam and her husband taking the ball and turning it into something spectacular. And it's still here, pushing 10 years of shows, homegrown scripts, and giving voices to people who wanted to say something. And I am so grateful. I don't think I will ever stop crying on the inside for my personal loss of this beautiful person, but I'm so thrilled that she doesn't have to live in a body that just wasn't capable of housing that amazing, expansive spirit any longer. She was fearless. She was like, we have to move forward. And whatever yes. form it takes is the form that it takes. We're all good people. We all care for each other. She was just so grateful to see this brainchild baby evolve and continue. And I honestly think that it meant something to her so much so that when I saw her, I whispered in her ear and I said, I just want you to know that tonight, the color of love the card is live on Spotify 
and on Apple Podcasts. And she smiled and she said, I love you. It just is the ultimate blessing. I just had to tell her that, look, it worked. You did this. It actually is real now. And, you know, a dream came true. And I believe that allowed her to sort of let go and go. I look at her legacy and I think, wow, look how much she has left behind for everybody, for generations to come to enjoy and experience. And if that's what the Miami Radio Players is doing for each of us in some way, what an amazing tribute to each of us for our dedication and for the volunteering time that we do and making room and this and the stress and getting pissed off because whatever, it's all good. And I just want us to keep writing our own stuff. That's what makes us unique. Fern Cats and Berry Cats. I met Pam when she volunteered to help with British accents for a play I was in several years ago. I was impressed with what a beautiful woman she was and her friendliness. She happened to mention a group that she had founded. When I asked if my husband and I could become part of the group, the response was an immediate, I'd love to have you become part of Miami radio players. As I got to know Pam, I discovered that she was beautiful, not only on the outside, but on the inside as well. She was a wonderful, warm, kind, friendly lady who never complained of her debilitating illnesses and always had a smile on her face. A true lady, the genuine article. As you navigate through life, it's rare to meet that special individual who impresses you immediately with their warmth and friendliness. Pam was one of those people. Like a magnet, she pulled you in and you were captured. She has left us all too soon. I will miss her dearly. Now, Paul Froehler. Well, I've heard a lot about Pam's background as an actor and the accomplishments she'd have, but in my opinion, that doesn't even begin to describe the kind of person she was, this beautiful lady who was able to keep us all focused and yet go through some trying times with such grace. I always knew that being part of this group was always going to be perfect because of her leadership, just the way she dealt with people. I always felt that I was loved by her. I felt she was very fair, just unique, one of a kind. And that's who she was. And I do love her. And thank you, Pam, for all you've done. And thank you, people, my friends and my associates for letting me be part of this wonderful group. Thank you. Here's Barbara Fox. This is for Pamela. I've known her for years and loved working with her. And I will always miss Pamela, but it comforts me to picture her reclining on a puffy white cloud. I see her husband beside her. He's holding her hand. She's surrounded by love, a whole crowd of family and friends who are welcoming her to love and peace for eternity. This is from Barbara. Jerry Jensen. I was introduced to Pam and her husband, Michael, actually an indirect contact through a now Miami radio player. They were looking for a stage manager for a production that they were mounting of Harold Pinner's The Dumbwaiter down at the Jackie Gleason. And they had talked to a mutual friend, Stephen Chambers Wilson, and he was not able to do it. And he called me up and he said, they're looking for a stage manager. Would you be interested? 
He says, I'm not quite sure about this because there's a, a former Bond girl involved. And, <laughs> and he said it without ever having met Pamela. Although the subsequently in between time, they had seen him and got to know him. And of course, Pam had done Miss Moneypenny and Never Say Never Again. So I met them at their home in Surfside and we hit it off very well. So I stage managed that production and it was delightful. And she and Michael were producing it. And they were just such a lovely, lovely couple. And I, I would often drive Michael back after rehearsal because we were rehearsing down in Miami. He would regale in theater and stories and so forth. Then I'd be invited in for a couple of toddies of Irish whiskey and he'd, he'd talk more and more about theater. And uh, Pamela was always just so gracious and loving and talented and so forth. And right at the same time, this was in uh, March of 2016, right at the same time, they were also starting Miami Radio Players for their first reading. And they asked me if I would stage manage. And part of my stage managing was to run sound, of course. So with Miami Radio Players using a lot of sound effects to emulate the old radio plays, I would do that oftentimes. And acted in a few Miami Radio Players. Michael passed away a year later in 2017. But Pamela went on, and just such a gracious, loving lady. And when I was working on stage managing a play up in uh, Boca, they were doing a British murder spoof, and the cast was really struggling with their British accents, and they knew it. And I called Pamela, and I said, could you possibly come up and coach them? And she said, of course. So she came up one night, and one of the cast members was a devout Doctor Who fan and was just ultra, ultra excited to meet her. <laughs> and it was such a lovely evening, and she was very gracious with them and so forth, and they just all loved her, and everybody who met her loved her. And, and I value her friendship and Michael's friendship, and I hope they are together because they deeply loved each other. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could just feel it every time I was with them. And Vanessa McCaffrey puts a bow on her remembrance with first a poem she wrote for Pam, followed by a song she wrote and sang, which Jilly, Pam's sister, who was with her throughout, was able to play to her before she passed. May flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. Your friendship has been dear to me through tears and jest. I wish you safe passage to heaven at its best, joining loved ones and your maker with whom you are blessed. There's a halo Hey, Lord. 